crypto time that perhaps I've ever witnessed. Um, this is all like, it's like, it's like stupid, silly, how easy it is to buy stuff right now. Um, we're definitely in that phase of everyone's a genius. For sure. Um, in the sense that like you could pretty much pick up anything. It doesn't matter. It's going to go up. Um, yeah. So pretty good consistent news so far as far as money flowing into Bitcoin ETFs. I know I bought a little bit in the ETF form in my um, you know, traditional stock trading account. Um, and it's pretty easy if like another interesting, basically easy to buy. Uh, sorry, I was getting a phone call there. It's easy to buy BTC. Um, if it dips because it's right there in people's stock portfolios. So um, I think you're going to get like a whole bunch of dip buyers there if they were to, um, if we were to have a you know dip in BTC. So I think um, if you continue to sort of head upwards, um, you're going to basically get like some short squeezing going on, um, destroying most of what residual resistance is left. Um, really on the way to all-time high. Um, how long does it take to get to all-time high for BTC from here? Let's see. Last time we were about this price, it was like maybe October um, 4th of 2021. And to get to high, it took to like November 11th. So really talking about a month um, to get from here to all-time high for BTC, I think is highly probable. Uh, there's just nothing really stopping at this point. Tons and tons of flows coming in. Um, and you can see this, like, these metrics because the ETFs actually report their inflows, which is super interesting. So they've passed up the size of uh, Michael Saylor's bag already, the biggest ones being Grayscale and Fidelity. And you know how this works. Like, pretty much if BTC goes up, everything else will just moon. You have to wait. Um, now it's possible that like the, say for example, link Bitcoin chart or charting any coin against Bitcoin while it's going up, it might show that you have some downward pressure. Um, it's just the way these kind of trading bots and things work that when BTC is running, other stuff may drag a bit. Now the plus side is a lot of times, um, you'll see other coins like actually dump with BTC running, which has not really been the case. Um, we have certain th coins that are running, Neutron's been running. Uh, Doge has been running. Um, if you bought Doge at seventy nine or seven point nine cents or whatever when I picked it up, it's now at uh, eight point six cents. Um, you have like uh, Chainlink also holding strong. It's up about one point six percent. 
Um, Kajira has been picking up steam. Pretty much everything's kind of climbing. Luna's like at almost at 70 cents now. So things have been sort of like steadily climbing all over the place, just random things. Um, just basically liquidity is flowing into the market. People are playing and, um, like, you know, this stuff is going to spread like wildfire. Friends are going to tell their friends. They're going to be like, oh man, you got to get crypto. It's about to take off. And then you're going to get some gigantic impulse move coming soon. I would guesstimate like, mm, I've been thinking that within the month we get some big move for some of the major alts. Um, let's see where ETH is today, actually. Um, ETH was already sort of picking up as well. Um, it's now at 2760. Next Fib level for ETH is um, 3333 or thereabouts. So, um, you know, the odds of getting there pretty quick are high. Um, so I think what's going to happen going forward is um, I don't think BTC is going to leave alts behind so much. I think it's going to tend to just pull them all up. Um, maybe simultaneously where everything just goes nuts. Um, now, how nuts does this stuff go? I think very nuts. Uh, like um, we're just at the beginning of like, all we've had is just one impulse out of the bear, bear market. I mean, it's just like the link chart would be the classic example. Um, long consolidation, one impulse. And now it's just, we're just, we had the first base of a parabolic move. Most of these bull runs have like seven different bases or so on the way up. So you'll like you'll have an impulse move go sideways, impulse move sideways, etc., for whatever period of time. Um, so I think uh, this coming month is going to look really, really strong. Um, and you know, do we get like a, a you're going like so if you only move up one fib level on one of your coins, um, you may not get much consolidation time. It may just sit there for a little while and just keep running. If you run up two FIB levels without substantial consolidation, the odds of a longer consolidation increase, meaning a pullback and sideways. Um, so that's kind of how you time this sort of shit. Um, basically think of the timing as um, like, yeah, the faster the move up, the more sideways you have to go for a while. Uh, that's just pretty normal. Anyway, um, but I think like it's quite possible for take, for example, Chainlink, it's at 20 bucks now. Um, if it breaks high, it could probably, uh, hit all time high. Like I mentioned the other day, about mid April would put it in, in line with the previous season in terms of price velocity. That's basically just like a month away, of course, um, or less than a month away. Um, I think you could hit all time high for something like Chainlink, and then probably for all the rest of the alt space as well. Um, Ethereum, everything. If BTC hits within the, within a month, all time high probably the alts will catch up and do the same thing. They'll get back to their highs pretty quickly. Um, people know the game this time. Everyone knows that like, you know, alts outperform BTC, blah, blah, blah. So I think uh, people are positioning themselves already. You can see it in the price strength of so many coins now starting to pick up just all over the place. Um, so BTC is not just like a runaway train. It goes up 4% and a lot of other things have gone up 4, 5, 8, 9, 10% or more as well. Um, so yeah, I think we're okay in the altcoin space. Um, there's definitely been some laggards, of course. Um, and you know, let's look and see real quick what Litecoin's doing. Also, um, Litecoin's basically doing nothing still. It's right at 6960. Um, so like if Litecoin's not going up, it usually means retail 
is uh, not impressed yet. So I think we have a lot of normies to come. Um, and when Doge and Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash and stuff like that pumping, you'll know that, um, you know, like th the retail folks have really arrived. Um, let me look at Bitcoin Cash actually and see what it's doing just to see. Uh, it's climbing a little bit. Um, it had an upward move in July for some reason. I don't even know what the reason for that was, just random or something. But um, yeah, BT Bitcoin Cash even looks like it's going to you know, break out of its recent zone soon as well. So I think if you see that happen, it implies to me that retail is here um, and uh, starting to show up. BCH, Doge, Chainlink, any of the coins that are like in the top 100 that maybe a normie is going to recognize the name of for some reason. Um, so let's see here. Um, what else is going on? Um, uh, trying to see if anything else dramatic has happened. Oh, there's some sort of national security alert going on where um, some there's reporting different things, but that maybe there is a some sort of like credible space threat, either something Russia intends to do or launch or something. I've heard nonsense from like a nuclear weapon in space all the way to like no idea like <laughs> maybe some kind of projectile weapon or satellite destroyer or something i don't know it's kind of like these things are already in space to some extent it's not particularly safe to put a nuclear weapon in space and everybody knows it because if something happens it can cause an inadvertent uh emp essentially and cause a mega crisis whether your country well likes it or not so i don't know what what they're going to be talking about and what they're going to release and does it have anything to do with like the markets or whatever but anyway mm, Let's see. I don't know if there's any actual attack about to happen. It just seems like it's kind of some sort of saber rattling um, going on. Um, let's see what else. Um, let me see here. Oh, like Zeph God noticed that um, Zephyr Protocol is being tracked on Coinbase now. That'd be interesting. <laughs> like if we get a some kind of crazy ass tier one listing at Coinbase or somewhere. I'm not sure what those guys are working on, by the way. But there's rumors of a T one list tier one sort of exchange listing coming. Um that could be super, super bullish. So whatever you think about Zephyr, whatever bag you have, it's probably should be fully packed by now, I would think, because you guys have been around for a bit. Uh so yeah, whatever you're gonna own of that, finish it up and um like just watch for the fireworks. Um, let's see anything else here interest of interest. Um, see if any kind of uh, any other unusual chart action going on here. Um, it's kind of tracking. Um, let's see, kind of some big gainers. Andromeda Protocol um, picked up quite a bit of action on um, Osmosis. I'm sorry, not in Mosmosis, uh, on Kajira and on um, Shade Protocol. Andromeda is a new chain for Cosmos that's about automation. Um, let's see, Carlson Token, which is an interesting proof of work coin that was kind of a cast before, has been pretty much down only ever since it came out, just about. Um, so it's doing very poorly. <laughs> like, I don't own any, I just traded it briefly. Um, but it's down another 14% down to a 5.7 million market cap. 
a general trick like that people have with these new proof of work coins is um, if you want to gamble on these things, uh, below 5 million market cap is not a bad place to gamble if you're interested. But again, in a sea of possible proof of work coins, uh, Carlson has a really high hash rate, but and a lot of inflation, therefore. But whether or not it's going to perform well, I don't know. Another one that was kind of pumped a little bit by some of the crowd was AI Power Grid, AIPG. I'm not sure if that's useful or not, um, but it is kind of a 10, 11 million bar market cap, and it's pulled back from its original release. Um, so there's some random like trade over type coins if uh, you're interested. Um, but uh, Ivan, uh, what are you up to, man? Anything special? Sorry, bro. Um, yeah, nothing much. I just, <laughs> I uh, just, well, I, some sh- fuck shit happened today. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with like, uh, like prop firms and stuff like that. Okay. The, what happened? So yeah, I had this a hundred k funded account with a prop firm called like uh, Funding Crips, and I think like yesterday, like hard regulation came down, and like I think more of the story is that they banned all U.S. customers. So that's pretty shitty. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, life's good, bro. I'm healthy, but and they're they're gonna what, send you back your money, but you can't invest no. this thing. But no, 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 I I literally can't trade off the account anymore. So the I'm, I'm probably gonna lose what I paid for the activation fee, and then I won't have access to trade with with, with, with like you know all that leverage anymore, which kind of sucks because I've worked on it a little long, but it's all good. I mean, like Cubic is up. Like I don't know if you've seen Cubic the past week, bro. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a uh, it's been going crazy. So yeah, a lot of small yeah. coins have had their started beginning their runs for sure. Kind so of, right kind now, of one by one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It looks interesting, bro. I'm 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 pretty bullish. I I don't know, like Bitcoin looks so damn strong. Part of me still kind of thinks they might play a little bit of games a little bit, but I mean, right now, like the overall trend is still definitely bullish, which is very nice. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of games to be played. I mean, the bottom line is the amount of cash flow coming to those ETFs is overwhelming everyone else's money. Yeah. So I don't think, like, I don't think any, like, I'm not sure what games people are going to play exactly, but um, yeah. There's, it's like shorting into a freight train at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it makes sense, but I think it can run quite fast. I, I suspect I'm guessing banding all time high by uh, by the middle of next month is what my theory is. Damn, dude, that'd be insane! Like, and that's not even when the fun's really starting because you then have like you know like that kind of late spring rally where we kind of tend to rally up until August. Like, who knows what it can look like then too, which would be insane. Yeah. So, yeah. So the stuff that's gone up this week, like that I happen to have on my list was like Maya's up 42, Andromeda 57%, Neutron 48%. Um, let's see. Um, even Fetch AI picked up a little bit at 21%. ETH's up 14.2% seven day. Dimension, uh-huh. My dimension position's 40% up this week. That looks, must look pretty good. Um, Zephyr's up 44% uh, yeah. for the seven day. Um, Kajira is at five percent. Luna four point eight. Chainlink nine point three percent. So yeah, everything everything's looking pretty strong. Um, for sure. I wanted portfolios looking smooth. I wanted to ask you. So I've been trying to. I, I kind of want to start my starter position basically now on on Zeph. I feel like that bottom around like eleven or twelve looks like it was kind of yeah, like the the probably, shakeout. Yeah. So I definitely want to kind of start a position now. But I've been trying to. And I think it's still on, I think it's still good because I think my like you know for what it's worth I think my average is around nineteen now. Yeah, for sure. So and it's, I'm, and a it's, and bit, it's I'm a little bit in the red still. Yeah, 
Um, where are you buying? Because I, I was trying to buy it on um, trade, safe trade, but dude, like the price on there is inaccurate. Like on, it's claiming on the broker on there that it's like selling for twenty one, and I know that it's not. It's twenty one. I know it's at seventeen. Are you buying on Trade Ogre or where? Um, yeah, they might not have much liquidity where you're looking, so it might be just too high. Um, now you might be able to buy some on Trade Ogre or on Mexi if it's cheaper. Ship it over to um, the other place and just sell it. And get pocket the free four dollars. So you could arb, arb that essentially, right? Interesting. Yeah. So I, I might just try, I might make us a, a in the sorry a Trade Ogre account and um, yeah, see it's pretty quick. Trade Ogre takes five minutes to make. It's no KYC, similar to Safe no, no, no KYC there either. A trader is not super liquid either. So if you want, like, depending on how much you're buying, um, MEXC right now is the most liquid. It doesn't have KYC either right now, so it should be fine. Yeah, uh, cool. I, I just, I guess I just haven't although, done although, although with MEXC, you, you do need to use a VPN. That's the thing, yeah. I need to do that right now. All right, cool. cool. Yeah, dude, yep. things, are, things are looking solid. I definitely think Zeph. I think like a low hanging fruit objective is definitely like 1 billion market cap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. That's, that's kind of my thinking as well. Um, yeah. Like I was analyzing Caspa's chart um, and just to look at like a typical bullish proof of work chart lately. And it was pretty much off of each of its bottoms. It would pull like anywhere from a 10 to a five X. So deeper retracement, you'd pull a 10 X off the bottom that would put like, you know, us close to like 200 bucks, something like that. And then on, and then it would like a little bit of retracement, um, a, a more shallow retracement. It was pulling like a five X off the bottom. Um, and it did this over and over again, 10 X, five X, 10 X, five X or, you know, stuff like that. And all the way to where it is now at about two to 3 billion market cap, um, area. And I think, uh, you could see, you could say something similar with Zephyr. Um, now remember Caspa did all of that in like a bear market with not as much liquidity flowing. And it, but it also had less um, competition for attention as well, because it was like the one thing running or whatever out of like the most, you know, not yeah. very many things were pumping. So, you know, it's like a different time. You can't really compare exactly, but um, like 90 days is coming up for Zephyr from the top to top. Um, and like I have an approximation of like February 21st to break high. For Zeph, and we're getting pretty close. I think it's very doable, um, given that like previous times when it ran, um, it would like it ran within three weeks or two weeks, it ran most of its um, upside. So like, could we reach like, you know, 100, you know, 110, 100 plus like within a couple of weeks? I think it's very feasible, especially if things keep moving the way they are. Good yeah, time. for sure. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the play. I think right now the, the, the main place for me will be uh will be cubic and probably probably zephyr and then kind of just see kind of see, see how that does and really just try to hold that position throughout the year and kind of let it blossom yeah that's pretty much the game right now like even the chain link position i have i'm like i don't know what the right thing to do about it is because if it moons like crazy time like if it goes way overvalued too quickly i'll probably you know sell it and try to you know trade back in on the other hand um like a lot of the sh they, they just had some people speaking a lot of the interesting shit that they're releasing as far as implementations into traditional finance really kick into gear like by 20 like 15 um sorry 2025 2026 so you're you know the question becomes then do you just hold it for the giga moon you know like hold it like you would an apple or a or an nvidia or do you 
try to fuck around with it and find out. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say, but like those paradigm shift kind of ideas though, are always moon boy talk. And even if those things are going to happen, that doesn't mean the price won't dump, <laughs> you know, because a lot of people get into it for speculation, not because they know anything about the fundamentals. So the reality is like the fundamentals don't actually dictate people's holding pressure. Um, yeah. I mean, if some of the people are like, right, that something like a chain link in a giga bull market can go to uh, crazy numbers, like 500, $1,200, that'd be wild. Um, but um, I, I'm skeptical of those kinds of numbers, but um if but you never know like if btc inflows from these etfs are just absolutely crazy batshit crazy like if btc finally runs to like crazy there's like 200 to 500k um then you wind up like if this is the big moment for bitcoin it was for gold with etfs um and so far it looks like it this is the fastest growing set of etfs in the world ever even including gold so that tells you like it's quite possible to have like a crazy moonshot number for btc in which case the alts are gonna go crazy so yeah i think really like you know like i've never seen conditions this bullish in the crypto space yeah like I'll ever agree. ever I'll so agree. i think like unless you're buying the capitulation of btc back in uh you know 2018 2020 you know those not you know those times if you bought it like three thousand thirty five hundred those numbers okay fine but as far as like getting into the market now if you're a new participant coming into crypto at this very moment it's sort of like one of the simplest moments in the history of the space, I think. And yeah. you have all of the the bullshit leverage and FTX crowd and Genesis and all those motherfuckers all died, which is good. Like, you know, so you have a That's lot less thing. Yeah. you have a lot less funny money in the system now. That's what do. I've noticed. I've noticed that generally I think a good a good kind of sentiment gauge is like what are the people that are what are your acquaintances kind of how do how are they kind of viewing crypto? I think that's a good signal for how the market might 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 trend and I remember around the time where the market kind of topped out like two or three years ago, like everyone, everyone and their mom was posting crypto and fucking Dogecoin on their story. And I, I kind of knew it wasn't a good time to buy. But right now, a lot of people seem to be like awfully quiet and they're kind of bearish, which is, I think to me, like pretty bullish. So I think there's not, I think a lot of people are skeptical right now and you need like, you need like people to be skeptical for, for bull bull markets that exist right yeah this is kind of that hope phase so people won't really be fully bullish until like you know all these alts pop past all-time high mm -hmm. so like if eth pops past all-time high Chainlink past all-time high then of course people are going to be super super wild now the thing also is people tend not to tell their friends um early in the course of crypto markets they tend to tell their friends when they're euphoric and I think like if you bought, say, for example, Chainlink at the seven to ten dollar range, you're probably going to become euphoric as it breaks all time high, just judging by the multiples. And then, of course, you're going to tell your water cooler friends and shit. I think, you know, you're good here. You know, we're breaking out highs and you should get some and whatever. Um, so I think that confirmation will lead to more euphoria as time goes on. We have plenty of time. This is like just the first impulse so far in the altcoin market. It's nothing. Yeah, so we yeah. Seen, I, we have seen absolutely nothing yet, right? Like we know how these things send. Of course, yeah. When I when I look at the when I look at the extreme higher time frame for Bitcoin, for example, the yearly chart, like the twelve month chart, that twelve month chart looks extremely bullish. It looks basically like that yearly candle is gonna kind of go for the all time high around sixty nine k. It looks like it's already on its way to just more. I really want to clean out that high. Um, so yeah, I don't know. All, all looks at least decent uh, for right now.
Yeah, and and then you know if you like just wild numbers like does does scarcity actually take over finally and you know and like you have happening coming up does this situation result in wild numbers like the million dollar Bitcoin number and all that shit? Um, these things aren't impossible. Um, you know, maybe not likely, but not impossible that you get this wild infinity bid behavior and people just pump the thing into infinity. I mean, look at Nvidia for example, just running like ridiculous as if if like nobody gives a fuck like um so it's so yeah bcc dynamics does the supply shock meme really play a role this time that's one of the arguments i was listening to on the space some of the bitcoin guys were kind of going back and forth about that idea but um yeah i think like like, there's been it's rare that that the situation has been objectively this bullish and alts have literally been this low to where it's like you know, it's like stuff is just a fucking easy buy right now. It's it's pretty funny. Um, so I, yeah, I, so I don't feel uncomfortable at all. Um, it's like all you have to do is just grab something and wait till like end of year, and you're probably gonna do be doing very well. Whether or not you pick exact tops, whether you pick whatever, won't even matter because we're gonna be so much higher than here that it won't even matter at all. In fact, most people probably will do better if they just buy shit and just shut their phone off for a fucking year. Yeah, wake up, wake up, rich after that, and call it a day. It's like <laughs> people, yeah, get, micromanaging is a. It's actually it's almost more nerve wracking if that people watch this stuff because yeah. you're going to see your number go up. And you're like, holy shit, I'm getting rich, whatever. And um, it, it starts. It's weird. Like in a bear market, you get nervous because you wonder, like, you know, am I buying low enough? And then in a bull market, people get nervous because they're watching their wealth go up, and there's nothing like money to make you anxious about. Um, like, should I be doing something with this or whatever the fuck? Like, it starts getting, you get into that mode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, Muhammad, did you have a comment or question there? You had your hand up a little while ago. Uh, uh, yeah, no worries. I was like, yeah, Ivan was really interesting. So <laughs> I was listening to him. So, yeah, no problem. My, my, my question was like, Safi, uh, as you were talking about, like, uh, if we get a, like, uh, uh, huge leg up so what do you think like we have to buy some stuff and then uh, re like um, uh, sorry sell them some stuff and then rebuy some stuff what you what you think about that or we have to just, just um, switch on my cell phone and just you know <laughs> the, well yeah i mean you could attempt to trade these things um like i said if you have all of the coins that you own you've drawn up some fib levels for it and you go up too many levels too fast. Like, for example, if you run up three FIB levels in a row, the odds of substantial pullback in crypto are quite high. Um, in fact, you can pull up any chart and notice this, that you'll have big dips on the way. And you'll probably be able to pick up your coin again, you know, at 10 or 20% discount um, if you want to play that game. Now, depending on where you live, there's tax consequences, whatever. You figure out your own thing. But yeah, I mean... Everyone has to decide for themselves what, what kind of gamble they want to have. An unre- not unreasonable thing to do would be to just like every FIB level, you know, you sell 10%. Um, that's one way to do it. And if you get a dip and you want to buy it back, go right ahead, especially if it's early in the market. Um, so trading a small amount is not unreasonable. It doesn't have like extreme tax consequences, especially if you have like a coin that's you've held for more than a year, especially in America. Um, so it depends on what your situation is, um, I would say. Um, your tax situation, your how confident you feel about your trading, how much you want to pay attention to this shit, and how big your bag is. If you have a small bag, you're like, ooh, I want to trade my way to more, more coins. That's one thing. 
if you have a very, very large bag and you're like, well, I just want to make sure that I don't fuck this up this season, <laughs> then probably doing nothing is the right choice for the vast majority of people at this, at this stage, at this stage. Um, it's, it's so early that like, you know, there's so much upside that there's really a lot of room to, you know, like picking the exact top, no one's ever going to do it exactly perfectly unless it's pure luck. Um, and you know, like, and then, you know, from the top, usually remember that if there's a blow off top, you won't realize it's a full blow off top until after it happens usually. And, you know, prices can drop really fast. Like take, for example, chain link drop from like $53 down to, oh my God, it was like 16 bucks in the course of like, I think it was just a matter of a couple of weeks or something. So you can notice how on the way down, it's going to like look like just one more dip. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the price falls really quickly. So I think um, if you've done fairly well for yourself, um, it's not unreasonable to sell off your bag and then only buy it back if it goes below your sell price or something like that and just simply don't chase it. Um, so there's a lot of different tactics going forward as far as how to you know, preserve your capital and make sure that you lock in your gains or whatever. Um, but yeah, hard to really say though, because like on the one hand, you'll think you're being really conservative. Oh, I'm being really good here. I'm going to sell. I'm going to lock in profits or whatever. And then what if we have like the biggest bull run in in BTC history because of the ETF thing. Um, I don't really know, man. Like it could go, it could go all sorts of directions. Um, there's no great way to be sure. Um, I think the, maybe the right answer is like, when do you feel like, you know, you, you've been sufficiently greedy enough and, um, you know, you're out. So, I mean, think about it. Like if you have a sizable amount of money in something, you could argue that a 10 X and you're done. Like, you know, like if you've got a million bucks and you 10 exit to 10 mil, I mean, like that's a pretty good move. Now, if you're at like, you know, you have a thousand bucks in the market and you're, you know, you're like, you know, at a 10,000, you're like, Ooh, I'd like to see if it'll go another 10 X. Um, okay, fine. Right. Look, you're not gambling that much. Your life's not going to be over if you lose the money. It may or may, may or may not even be life-changing gain. And therefore, like, you know, if you want to just moonshot the bag, that's fine. But the thing is, like, you have to be prepared to be a bag holder through next bear, bear market if it drops a lot. Because the, on the way down, the dip, you will never know when that dip stops dipping. And so you'll have, um, like, basically, if you see a top where you have a big dump, like, for example, when Chainlink dropped from 53 to 16 last season, you have to be careful right there. You don't want to sell, you know, oh my God, you panic and you, you, know, you sell at 16 because usually you have a complacency shoulder. You'll have a bounce up again, um, about 50% of that move upwards to another fib. And Chainlink did exactly that. It would jump from like 53 to 16 and then went back up to, oh, about $37 or so. So you'll have this big bounce and it's called the complacency shoulder. And that's very common. And that's a common place where People think, oh, the bull market's continuing, you know, we're, we're just going to keep pumping. And it turns out that that's the beginning of the bear market. You don't realize it. Usually if you have a giga dump, like a big blow off top with a big dump, you'll get a complacency shoulder and the game is already over. Because then by that point, moving averages are starting to curl downwards. The long moving averages don't look good anymore and momentum has been lost. Um, I don't, for this moment, we're just not anywhere near any of that stuff, like 200-day moving averages and all the loom 
short, long, all moving averages are up. So you basically have, um, you know, like what they call the super guppy, which is where you'd use all the moving average simultaneously or basically all in the green at this point. And uh, like you're, you're going to do fine. Um, so yeah, like, momentum is hot right now. And until we see otherwise, I'd say like, uh, what's a good bellwether? Um, I would say the market's getting quite hot. If Chainlink's at $145, um, I'd say the market is getting quite hot. Um, if Ethereum is over a two X from its previous high, um, which was about close to 5,000. So if Chainlink, if Ethereum's running close to 10 K, you might be getting quite hot on the rest of your alts. Um, so that's where it's time to be careful. Um, well, I don't know about careful, it, you know, if, if the question is, do you have to ride your bags to the very top? And the answer is no. You do not because you've been here early enough in the market. You're not like the person coming after, you know, Ethereum or Bitcoin break all time high. And you're getting in kind of late and you're like, oh, I need to make, you know, a 10x. You're early enough where like you could get in and out of a 10x or, or even a 20x in many coins. And you can get out whenever you feel like it and get out way ahead of everyone else. Does it like how greedy do you want to get? Like it's a fucking 20x. I mean, Jesus, like it's, like, it's fine. You know, take your money and go. Um, so yeah, just, there's no need to get greedy. Um, wait, wait, well, you can't be saying that and then going Zeph will easily do it a hundred times. And you're saying, get out of 20. No, you can't be, can't be saying that Zeph. You have to be going, go for the hundred, be a degen. What, what happened to all this, uh, degen talk? Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm just saying like, people can do whatever they want is my point. It doesn't bother me. That doesn't mean I won't be holding, um, or it doesn't mean I'm going to be selling necessarily. So it depends on your bag and what you, what you tend to do with it. Um, with Zephyr, it's different though, Chugs. You can switch, you can convert. So if we stabilize at much higher prices, I can convert from Zephyr to ZSD um, and not actually affect the spot price at all. And then I can swap back to it when my Zephyr drops um, and not have to like have any kind of tax consequences or anything like that. Um, you know, so basically um, the, with Zephyr, it's different. That's why I think it's a better coin than a lot of other coins. You can swap back and forth with no paper trail and um, it doesn't affect, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't even dump the market. Like if I take, um, so let's say my Zephyr is worth, you know, $10 million or something. If you take $10 million of Zephyr right now, or even a million dollars worth of Zephyr right now, and you sold it on MEXC, you would tank that price very, very quick, right? Like, like it'd be just a gigantic down candle. However, if like you have a much bigger bag and it is, like you know and it's even bigger than millions let's say it's much bigger than that and you sell and you convert to zephyr i'm sorry to zsd you don't have that effect of dumping the market while you do it so um so this is going to be the tactic for whales is to just switch to the stable coin and what you do with that then is just wait and if zephyr drops low enough that you want to convert back to it okay wonderful you can do that um, if the opportunity arises, you can switch to ZRS. Well, awesome. You can get some of that and get yield from now on. Yeah, um, I was going to say, what is the yield on ZRS? Because I know you were looking to get into ZRS. Uh, I saw your tweets like a few weeks ago and you were just waiting for people to sell it for cheap. <laughs> you were like, please, it's pretty, hurry it's up. Pretty high. It's pretty high, but it's hard to get it because you have to have enough stablecoin minted that the reserve ratio drops below 800%. So you won't be able to get it otherwise. Um, right, unless you go okay. get a little bit, a few coins OTC, but it's not, there's not that much out there. Anyway, point is there is a strategy to not dump the market and 
Zephyr whales probably ought to know this by now. They've probably, like anyone who's put a lot of money in a Zephyr understands why they put that much money into this protocol. It's because it's a magical protocol that nobody, nothing else can do. Like there is no other place you can do it. Zephyr can do it today in terms of like um, moving into basically the ZSD liability without having to sell at open market, which doesn't dump the price. Um, and then what you can do is like, even though there's going to be some like moving average um, conversion loss, there's going to be some fees, whatever, all that, fuck all that. Like plus or minus five to 10%, it's not a big deal when you're up that much. And what you end up doing is you don't dump the market and you can switch to, to, to ZSD. Later, what you can do is you can then take that ZSD, slowly convert it to, let's say, tether in small quantities if you'd like. You can take that Zephyr, even later, you can buy back Zephyr like much, much lower, send it to an exchange and sell bits of it at a time. So you don't have to jeet, you don't have to you don't have to jeet your bag all at once with Zephyr and lose a lot of the didn't you say momentum. before though they're looking to drop the uh, conversion rates or at least that's what they're thinking about doing yeah yeah they might they might do that eventually but the 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 fee I mean yeah like I think it right now it's for safety purposes it's the fee is higher to prevent people from manipulating that the ecosystem. Um, but it's not a big deal. Like if you, I mean, shit, if you're up 20 X or whatever, who gives a fuck about 1% fees and 3% fees, we'll just kind of deal with them. But my, but like the, the fact that it's like, there are no taxable events when you swap back and forth, right? That's the key. Um, that's the key to this, you know, plus or minus 1% when you don't, when, when you're not actually creating taxable events is really important. So I think like the way to think of this is, um, you, you have your Zephyr and later when the market cools down, you can convert your ZSD back to Zephyr whenever you feel like it. And you can slowly sell it over a period of time and not cause them any kind of market crash or a ton of slippage. Because here's the thing. Let's say you let's say Zephyr does moon and you've got a, you know, let's say it's worth three billion dollars Zephyr or something. And your, your, your bag is worth, you know, millions or something. And then you go and you try to sell all of it at once. You're going to cause a a crack in the, you know, you're going to cause the chart to look like shit, right? And you're going to have a lot of slippage selling that much on the way down anyway. Even if you divide that up, you're going to have slippage. So, you know, this is a different type of slippage that doesn't crash the market for everybody. So, like, the whales don't have to kill the minnows in this particular instance. So, Zephyr is a very, very sort of unique circumstance for whales, I would say. Um, this is why I kept saying, like, every time I win, every time I gain in something else, I make a 2x or a 3x. I'm like, if Zephyr's low, I go ahead and get some. Because it has it has these properties that um, that nothing else has. It's that simple. Yeah, it benefits your bag massively. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you where you live and everything too. Whether how much it benefits you, but yeah, it uh, it helps it helps in that respect. So I'll, I'll just exit. I'll leave my money in the ecosystem and exit slowly when I feel like it. Um, and once I'm in ZSD, I don't. I'm not in a rush at that point. Like, what 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 am I worried about? Right, it's a proof of work issued coin. I'll exit at my leisure when I feel like it and use that ZSD when I feel like it. Um, so yeah. I, and then I, I, believe, have, I have another question for you, buddy. Before I jump to that, I think uh, Zeph God was saying that like they're attempting to try to get the Zephyr swap to possibly release tomorrow. So there's a little bit of alpha for you. So you might want to pick up your Zephyr now before all that starts to happen. If <laughs> That might cause the price to go up. It might not. I'm not sure, but um, that's possibly coming out tomorrow. He said, or they're pushing for it. Uh, yeah, Ivan, you were saying. Yeah, I'm about to sell my mom's house and go all in today, bro. <laughs> sell your mom's house. Yeah, um, <laughs> put her ass on the street, huh? Yeah, dude, literally. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, 
yeah, no, you, you told me something I wasn't aware of. So if I am going to be buying or wh- when I do buy Zephyr, um, obviously I can send it to my Zephyr wallet, which I've created. I just haven't looked at the interface in a while. So you're saying that when that time comes, like, let's say, you know, it goes to 1 billion market cap and you're looking at, you know, starting to exit. Um, instead of exiting your bag all at once and like selling the Zephyr on whatever exchange, you're saying you can convert your Zephyr to ZSD and then sell that ZSD zsd and parts for tether and then you can just send that tether wherever and cash out is that what that's, you're saying that's one way that's assuming there's enough zsd liquidity now if there is not the other way is you could swap to zephyr again in the future uh, when at your convenience and you'd want to do it when the zephyr price stabilizes like it flattens out a bit at some point in the future and then you would go swap to zephyr and then you take zephyr and you would sell it at whatever um at some at a future point so Meaning like the price of Zephyr doesn't matter when you're trying to sell then because you're going to just, you're going to transit from your stable to Zephyr just to go sell, right? Because there's more liquid, liquidity for Zephyr than there is for the ZSD. Got so, it. So what's the purpose? Okay, maybe this is a silly question. What is the purpose then of, of transferring to a stable coin? Like let's say it's pumping. Why, pure, purely as a, purely as a trading instrument. Like, okay. Not because you want to own the ZSD forever necessarily, but because like, I mean, how would you normally trade? You trade to Tether, right? You're just going to swap to this instead. The difference is this doesn't dump the price of Zephyr because technically it's not traded. It's technically you're creating a liability within the ecosystem. So it's not like the money is still in the ecosystem. You're not actually dumping the price of it when you swap. Now, the downside is that there's like, let's say the price of Zephyr moons. Let's say it goes to $200 in the next couple of weeks. And you're like, oh, what do I do now? Um, the thing is, you won't get exactly the $200 value of Zephyr to trade, though, because there's a moving average that it follows. And the moving average price of Zephyr is what the conversion rate is, besides the fee portion. So you you, you won't be able to sell the precise exact top using this methodology. You're going to lose some money in the swap process, potentially. But if it's a large amount of money, I would say go with the swap to ZSD. Um, and it may be fine if it's a very small amount, like someone's got a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, whatever they just want to sell. They can always go to Mexi or wherever they want to sell if they'd like to. Um, like, you know, like there's other crypto communities where it's like, where it's like, oh yeah, everyone holds the moon or whatever. No, fuck that. Like, like most people in Zephyr and things like this are very savvy in terms of like, you know, crypto trading, whatever you pull that shit with them. You know, where you try to be like moon boys or whatever, and it's going to turn them off. Like, I think the right thing to do is like clarify the trading strategies that would work. And once people realize the the utility of that, like, you know, what you can do within the wallet as an option, uh, what you can do with CRS as an option, I think you basically evangelize for the chain much better. Um, and people are more likely to hold this thing for much, much longer if they realize like the implications of it. Um, so yeah, can we get to like 3 billion market cap type numbers? Yeah, sure. Why not? Like Casper did it. Um, it's, but again, like I, what I tweeted today was like, it, these things are all up to the community. Like if the community is chilling the shit out of their coin, telling everybody about it, tweeting the fuck out of it, then you're basically taking advantage of web two architecture, like YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, whatever the hell it is. And you're taking advantage of that for free advertising and pitching to a bull market your particular use case and your particular coin. If everyone sits quiet, hoping for someone else to show their bag, well, guess what? The fucking thing's not going to go up. That's how life works. 
So if you've got a pretty big bag in any coin, like guess what? Welcome to the community. <laughs> like you, you become part of the shield cartel. That's how crypto works. It's how it's always worked since the beginning of Bitcoin. Is how it's always worked. To some extent, it also works the same way in the stock market. But yeah, like the evangelical for the evangelist for the particular asset in crypto can reach very far compared to in stocks and stuff because the market caps are so small and because like liquidity flows so smoothly through crypto. So yeah, very, very important to like um, educate people about this and whatever. And so I've spent like probably more time than anyone on this, like sitting in spaces and I'm not paid for this, by the way, I'm not part of the team or none of that shit. Um, I just thought like from the very beginning, this is a very, very, Interesting project in that I have been through plenty of stablecoin projects. I know what things that don't work look like. And this looks like something that has the much better chance of being useful and continuing to work if they continue to execute properly and like, you know, and do what they need to do. So hopefully everything works well and um, everyone's successful here. But again, you know, as all conversations go, you know, just remember anything can go to zero. No matter how moon boyish we sound, like you know, you never know, you know, what kind of like price action you're going to get. Um, so, like, don't, 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 you know, invest based on what people tweet or what I say or whatever. It's it doesn't, you know, like you do what you need oh. to. Do. All right. Well, fucking hell, that counts me out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're out. I'm, sitting, I'm literally sitting there going, God, Seth, God, make me rich. Make me rich, Seth. And you're like, no, no, don't don't let me make you rich. Just do your own thing. I'm sitting there going, no, Sethy. No, you already know what you're talking. You already. No, oh, you, that no but reminds me. Like, to, to have these oh, kinds God. of coins get to like the multi billion dollar market caps, what you need is people who are like, fuck it. I think this is awesome. I want to hold this forever. Um, and you know that that's who will stay right and and so if you just like the kind of like the smart money people who are going to be willing to put a lot of money in are going to be the ones that want that technical certainty they want more of that like um they they want more reasons to believe that they should put lots of money is the way the best way to say it and um as opposed to like meme coins or something like that where it's like fuck it boys let's go you know, let's go by, you know what I mean? Like, so, well, I mean, uh, you're doing your part for the community. That's for sure. Uh, especially with the stuff you repost. I mean, I've just put something you reposted in the nest because you forgot to about Coinbase tracking the price of Zeph. And that is a, that's a pretty bullish fucking thing. All things considered. Yeah, Zeph, Zeph God posted that. He's like, looked on Coinbase and like, holy shit, it's on Coinbase. So, yeah, the fact that it's on Coinbase is, is a really, really good sign. It's I, don't, obviously... I don't know. I don't know. Like there's some concept that it's going to go on a tier one exchange. I don't know what tier one exchange they, Yeah, I've seen someone say that. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but you reposted Mr. that Producer too. Was saying, <laughs> Mr. Producer was saying that it might get on. So yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's going to be like a KuCoin or what. KuCoin's not a bad place for it to show up because um uh, again i'm not sure that's what's going to happen but it would not be a bad yeah. thing because um you have a lot of dgens on there um typically so like that would be cool a bit like that um our oh, bing x that you were sh shilled to yeah, yeah bing x looks like a pretty good platform too um i'm not sure all i know is that uh we were left up to our, our interpretation at the new years the the devs basically said Funds secured for exchange, whatever, like interpret that whatever way you want. Yeah, uh, they, they, I think they made it clear that there's money available to to establish I mean, a new exchange. Uh, which one? We don't know, I think, right? 
I, I think avoiding things like Coinbase while they're going through this lawsuit right now is probably the best thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think anything... Although, although brand... Coinbase is funny. They list all sorts of shit, and they don't care what they list. It seems like they don't care about SEC. They don't list Monero. They didn't, but they listed all sorts of random gay meme coins, too. So it's Yeah, like, but remember, they delisted XRP. Like they, it, one, one of their workers did get arrested or something for that, but they definitely are pumping and dumping tremendously amounts. Yeah, like the workers using insider information about what's going to be listed to kind of buy the coin ahead of time and stuff like that. But. How, do you, what it is. how do you even get how do you even get caught for 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 that type of shit? Like people must have just been like, I, I don't know, just talking too much and shit. They should have just stayed quiet. Yeah, probably just like, yeah, how did you get caught? Are you an imbecile? Exactly. I agree. <laughs> I don't know why they would get caught doing that. Yeah, down bad. Yeah, you got to be like, or or just like being way too aggressive with your your trade somewhere or something. But yeah, even that, how, how are you going to get caught? It just doesn't make any sense. But um, who knows? I mean, it's quite easy to get caught. There was a guy in, um, I can't remember, what, somewhere in the UK. Uh, I think it might have been in my neck at Liverpool, actually, uh, who was running a crypto cartel front <laughs> uh, through a Chinese restaurant. And he was a middleman. Uh, for some drug dealers or something like that. And he went and bought like f- a four million fucking pound house. <laughs> he works at a fucking Chinese. Day. Straight away, he got caught within a week of well, buying that house. Know, crypto, people make that kind of money all the time. It's not. No, it, it, it was obvious. A Coinbase employer or whatever, um, you know, insider trading a very specific coin. Like maybe if they buy it on Coinbase, I guess that'd be you know. But I don't know. No, it was coming you know, not, from not like not a, a lot of people are not a lot of people are very good criminals though. There's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. have to have a long sort of like, uh, you have to either be involved with like, either you have to be per, per, a paranoid individual to, to begin with, to where you've thought out all the angles. You have to be someone who is like, you know, an offensive individual or like, yeah, like natively defensive your whole life to understand like how this works there's some pretty good tv shows about that sort of thing like the show ozarks is really fantastic with oh, i fucking love it i haven't finished the uh, final season yet oh it's, it's, a, uh, it's such a great show right but you, you can see how like if you yeah, find yourself going from becoming a white collar person to a criminal but he like, never was a white collar person he was always a criminal uh, that he was, was the thing. yeah that's true he was but like my point is but no but he got into accounting for criminals early on right yeah, imagine, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Imagine you go to college and you have an accounting career and you find yourself like doing accounting for a drug lord or something, right? Like that kind of thing. But when you get launched into that, there's people that can survive that sort of thing and other people that can't do the crime and like keep it secret. So I can see how some people you know get I, I personally would see myself as as long as no one I know is getting hurt or as long as I know I'm not contributing to anyone getting hurt, fuck it. It's a victimless crime. I'd, I'd get involved. You know, you know, it's done, it's done. just yeah. for the excitement and the thrill of it. Cause it, it just, as I said, as long as no one's getting hurt and I know uh, for, I can get well, away with it. First of all, like crypto space is the absolute wild west. If oh, you yeah, don't yeah. think that people on those different exchanges or insider trading around oh, the world, exactly. you can, you can be guaranteed that they are. Mate, this, the group you were part of, the chat, trying to pump their Trump token. There's Trump. no way they're not like, like fuck it out. Like. Yeah, well, they're in it. They they own it, so that's a different type of thing. Exactly. You own it and shill it's different. That is pretty straightforward. At least they're like, well, I own Trump token. I'm talking about it. If you want to pump my bags, go right ahead. That's a different thing. 
But if you're saying like, um, if you're keeping it a secret and talking about it or something or whatever, that's different. Um, everyone knows that if you're talking about a coin in crypto, you own it probably. Like, why are you talking about otherwise? Oh, I did to piss people off. That's all. Like, it's, it's like <laughs> you probably, you know, Triaz and Lunk is my favorite thing to just jump on and be like in person, right? I'm a nice guy. I wind people up. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's my niche. I love it. I fucking I proper go to town on it. It's 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 a sick, twisted thing. I mean, we spoke about this, but there's just something sadistically good about pissing off an entire community of crypto enthusiasts, knowing fully well you don't actually give a shit, but they do. And oh, it's. You're going to arrive like Natty Pat the wrong way or something. <laughs> oh, damn fucking right. Damn, I, honestly, she's blocked me. All of them have blocked me. Like, same, same as, like, they think I'm you. They think I'm Bruce. They think I'm Happy Catty Crypto. They think I'm anyone. And I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> like, are you that paranoid that I've got, like, that Bruce has got these amazing voice changes that can literally do this? Like, that this, <laughs> no, no, that is pure paranoia, which is funny because. They try and come across as the most rational people, but they're just not. And it's so good. Funny. It's so good. Oh. I think Chainlink's about to run now. Like my little yellow and blue candles just turned blue. I fucking uh, hope so, because if Chainlink goes, everything's going up, isn't it? Yeah, DeFi goes when Chainlink goes. So like it's um it's just about Yeah, it's had a nice pullback and it's basically like consolidated pretty good. I think it's five days to your target, right? I think like BTC is up three point eight percent, link up one point nine on TradingView comparatively, so it's catching up fast, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying you what now? Five days till uh, the Fibonacci uh, fucking targets for uh, Zep, no, no, no. Uh, which one for for Zephyr or Zep? No, Zephyr. Um, no, Zephyr I, all I did was simply take um, the Caspa chart. Yeah, yeah, that's looked, what I'm saying. I looked at the peak to peak time frame that it took to get like during the first pump of Caspa. How long did it take? Uh, to, you know, from the p- first peak, which in Zephyr's case is fifty three days or fifty two dollars, and how yeah. long did it take to get to peak again? And it was ninety days. And so, if I put a flag there at ninety days, you know, back to prior high, and um, that puts us at like. In theory, prior high based on that metric at twenty one the first twenty first of February. So that's one week from now. Um, okay. So and then with BTC right. with BTC running, holy shit! Like I mean that that wouldn't be surprising at all. And if you look at the run of Zephyr last time, how long it took to get from like seventeen bucks to um, fifty two bucks? It was like let me pull it up. I can tell you, it was um, well, maybe a few days. Yeah, it was like. November 15th to November 23rd. Yep. So it wouldn't be shocking at all for Zephyr to just go right back up to prior high and then break it. Um, that's very, very feasible. Especially so, with BTC being high, but it's really yeah. not affected by the BTC price. A little bit. It's a little bit. Like when BTC is hard to run, like what happens is the proof of work people, there's a lot of big proof of work community here. Um, if BTC is doing well, they're interested in gambling more. They're interested in selling less yeah. coins. They believe they should hold their mine coin because it's going to run. So there is a there is some sort of effect of BTC price on people's direct activity. Besides the fact that Zephyr BTC pairings can affect um, the price a little bit as well. Anyway, but uh, it's uh, yeah about a week or so for Zephyr 
um, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. But if it like reaches all time high again, it would be very, very unsurprising. So that's my point. Like with BTC on the rise, whatever people are going to do for alts for this season, for the rest of the year, um, I think people ought to be finishing that those positions up for the most part. This is the time to be like, if one's going to have FOMO, now is the time, not later. Um, you, you, like you don't have to have too much forethought at this point when picking whatever you want. Um, all, all you have to decide is like, what kind of multiple do you want? What kind of safety do you want in terms of the level of the project? You know, what is the likelihood of a project to go to zero? Um, and then sort of like analyze that and then say, okay, I don't think this can go to zero and you know, whatever it is. And, um, and then allocate accordingly. So, yeah, I think like if Zef goes back to prior high, I'm look, let me see here. Yeah. If it goes to prior high and link doesn't move as an example, all my, it'll be bigger than my link bag pretty quickly. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, it won't like, that's the thing with these multiples. Um, you can, um, um, let me see. What's my percentages here? My chain link sixty one percent, and my Zephyr is currently twenty six percent of the my trading bag or whatever. Yeah, like, fucking hell, big. Yeah, so like I, yeah, I've upped mine now. So I've got about sixty percent on. No, let's say more. Let's say less. Sorry, about fifty five percent XRP, fifty percent uh, fucking Zephyr now. <laughs> Uh, I've proper aped in on that. <laughs> Shit. I don't even know what else I've got. Hang on. I've got a Google spreadsheet with everything in it. Hang on. Uh, sheets. And this I is mine. Not, not my dad's. Mm. Uh, uh, no, that, that's pretty much all I'm in in the minute. XRP. Uh, I've got obviously autism, but that can go to zero. That's that's fine. Uh, and Zephyr. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, the only I mean, reason I didn't pick I didn't pick a whole bunch of layer ones and stuff is because I feel like all the layer ones just compete with each other, whereas Zephyr doesn't compete with other most layer ones, and Link yeah. doesn't compete with most layer ones. Kuji's just because they're nice people, and I think they they make good products. Um, so I, I kind of kept the the field somewhat narrow, except a bunch of little bags um, that I have. See. You'd be interested in my dad's portfolio then, because he's got loads of little ones, and obviously you don't, but it's always nice to hear about it. He's got a fuck ton of random stuff. Right, he's gone for... He's got Deepex, which is a DeFi exchange. Uh, I think he got airdropped a few randomly. He's like, where the fuck have these come from? And then he's just like... Ah, he's, he really digs around in DeFi a bit then. Oh, my... Like, I, I... He... I know more about crypto than him, but he knows more about tokens than me, because he does more research into tokens, if that makes sense. Really? Whereas I, I know about the technology that comes, he, he basically, he finds out about a token, does the brief research and he goes, look into this and tell me more about it. <laughs> like, okay, I'll go do that for you, dad. But he's a, he's a, he's a programmer himself. He works for the Australian power companies. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, he actually almost made his own crypto token, but it's just, yeah, didn't, did, he just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, ICP, uh, XLM, He's got a bit of Tron. Oh, he kept that, did he? Gala. Now, that was an interesting one of him. I didn't expect him to go for Gala, but because you know Zynga Poker and all that and how popular they were. And the Gala Games. Yeah, Gala Games. They've got their own token. Like, yeah, I had, oh their, I had their token last market. Um, I didn't play. I didn't get a bunch of, like, gaming coin exposure this time. And the reason why is because, like, I was mostly only going into things big or not at all. 
And yeah. gaming stuff is like, there's just a whole bunch of vaporware. It's hard to, hard to tell what's going to be good and what isn't. Everything else sort of pumped, but I was like, I, I wasn't really in the mood for rug pulls and BS this year. I think that's fair enough. Just wasn't uh, like <laughs> interested in messing around. So um, interesting thing today, the, the Grayscale Chainlink Trust, GLNK, pumped to like ridiculous levels. It's like, it was like went up to like $95. Um, and I don't even remember what the nav price of this is. Like, what should it be compared to Chainlink? But the the grayscale, <laughs> like for example, grayscale's um, uh, link price uh, for their like ETF or it's not exactly an ETF; it's a trust coin. But basically, yeah. it was like fifteen dollars in October. At that time, Link was like probably seven bucks or something. And then now, the grayscale version of this went up to ninety five dollars today. It's at eighty eight right now. And Chainlink is at 20 bucks. So that's like a huge difference. So in the stock market, people are just like aping into this Chainlink trust for reasons that are inexplicable. Isn't that just going to skyrocket the price, though, all things considered, uh, given the margin of difference in price? Um, I don't in know. theory. Because they have possible. to one-to-one back it, right? It's possible. No, not exactly. Trusts don't need the backing to be. Uh, okay. Like So with the trust, it doesn't actually get rebalanced every week like the like the um etf does so with the trust the difference is is that like you can trade way above or way below um like the what's called the nav and what you have to look at is like what's the nav supposed to be so when like i think the nav is like 1.0 that means the trust price and the actual coin price are appropriate and when you're above that like that means that you're overvalued on the stock or or undervalued. So grayscale coins typically what happens is they get undervalued during a bear market and they get overvalued during a bull market. So that's like a leveraged bet on like it's like a leveraged bet on your coin. So there are people that probably bought it with that in mind. Well, you know what else? Uh, thanks for that. And I jumped in at the perfect time. What I've been doing in retirement accounts, so there's not a tax implication, is the volatility is crazy on these, you know, the G Link and the GSOL. They go up and down like 15, 20, 25% within like 10, 15 days. So you can almost always jump in at some point, wait for it to, to get higher, and just get out of it 10, 15%, repeat, you know, in two or three weeks. Sometimes it's yep. within, within a week. I did that about, I would say like four years ago, maybe. Um, I remember standing on a boat between Victoria Island and uh, and Vancouver, trading GBTC on Bitcoin <laughs> while standing on this ferry while watching the beautiful like bay or whatever that is. Same um, here. The, the best trading day of my life was when uh, 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 President Trump went on TV the night before saying COVID's real and ETH and everything dropped. But I bought the G, uh, the Grayscale ETH with every like I don't know twenty seven grand I had sitting around. Bought it at that bottom tick. It's the first, only time I've ever done that, and then held on and made a boatload of money. <laughs> I would imagine you did really, really well doing that. Um, yeah, the capitulation by. I'm getting a phone call here, so I might get interrupted. But um, give me a sec. Let me message him back. See what he needs. I'm assuming that's going to be Bruce or something. <laughs> The funny thing about these, um, I don't know what you want to call them, the combined, uh, they even have a sort of a 
a combined um, crypto fund. And I think there's a few of them, not just Grayscale. But it's like 67, 70% Bitcoin, 20% ETH, and everything else is like 0.05%, you know, link or something like that. It's ridiculous how it's, it's you know, still top heavy in the top two or three, not three, but the top two, uh, you know, cryptos. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm surprised ETH is still doing so well. Like with all the corruption scandals going around right now, like you've got the removal of... Uh transaction history uh, to hide the Ethereum Foundation who were behind the, um, I can't remember, there was a bridge attack uh, for them and it's been proven that they were behind it. There's like so many transactions pointing towards like members of the foundation. Uh, you've obviously got ETHgate where the SEC didn't do anything to them, but they gave like XRP grief. Uh, they've got, yeah, the high, t- high gas fees despite promising they'll be lower. I'm really, really shocked that people still have faith in Ethereum. But then again, like Sefi always says, it's the Wild West, isn't it? No one, no one truly actually gives a shit, it seems. I don't know if they're going to, you know, have a, an Ethereum ETF. I don't it's know. Just been, it's already been submitted. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it got submitted Franklin today. Financial submitted well, two days ago. There you go. Well, yeah, but does that mean it's going to get approved? They're going to probably no. try, you know. I, do you know what? It's the SEC and Ethereum. It'll get approved. Who knows? But the point is, we don't know for sure, but it's it's been submitted. So part of the thesis, part of the gamble on the ETH is that like um, it's going to have a run just like BTC because of the um, ETF. And therefore, like that's part of the narrative to buy the coin. Now, that's a gamble, of course, because you don't know that ETF is going to be approved for sure. So that's part of the speculation. But at the same time, you know pretty much as well as the institutions know whether it's going to be approved or not to a large extent. So it's all pretty transparent. If you want to front run institutions, go right ahead. If you want to um, wait to find out if the ETF gets approved and then buy some or whatever, go ahead. So, you know, the consumer has that both options available. And that's not like people haven't had an opportunity to buy ETH for years at cheaper prices. So it's like, um, you know, people make their bed and sleep in it. That's about it. Well, here we go. Yeah, link's starting to kind of really take off a little bit here. Yeah, 237 now. I mean, twenty dollars and thirty-seven cents. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I think it'll. It wouldn't surprise me if it just has like, a, just a gigantic impulse move. It's fibs at like twenty-one dollars. It actually hasn't quite hit that yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if it passes that up, and runs up to like the thirty-two dollar fib. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I think like uh, like with everything else sort of pumping, uh, it's easy to move link now. <clears throat> so, Stacks, do you have a lot of uh, a whole lot of link yourself or no? Uh, I did it one time. I had my suicide stack and I just got so sick of it. You know, six, seven, eight dollars. I sold it at like seven dollars, <laughs> seven dollars and 80 cents. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I knew it would come back. It's just a matter of a bull market arriving. So I have a very pick. intelligent friend who's telling me since since, you know, three, two, three dollars that it's it's going to be huge, you know, years ago. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the other guys talking about. Everyone says that though, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. but this guy never, never faltered, always kept up with the development. You know, I started listening to, to uh, Sarah Gay and everything. Everything's so awesome. So yeah, now I've got it again. This is like- <laughs> Everything was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm just, you know, I've got it with the, with the G-Link is what I'm playing with now. And again, tax deferred or tax, you know, whatever, not going to happen in my Roth IRA kind of thing. So I can play with it now. And like you said, if it starts shooting up a little bit, like say on the weekend, I could just get in on Monday, ride it like it, it might even be, you know, if it goes up two, three, four, five percent in real 
in the real world, uh, spot link, the freaking uh, uh, grayscale thing can this, go off. This like, is free money. It's like free money. Just sell it and move on, right? It's it's like a, uh, what do you call it? A leveraged sort of bet on link. So yeah, you go up 10, 20%, you sell it. I wouldn't do that in a that's, regular yeah. broker. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like, it's a leveraged bet on link is all it turns out to be. Yeah. So it, it's not like I'm marrying these things. And then, yes, at some point I want to go ahead and get some link and learn how to stake it and all. Cause these guys, they'll walk me through it. They're much younger than me, but uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I really think it'll be the next thing. I don't know how the money will work. Like the tokenization, as far as, um, you know, is it going to be there a, was a, there was a video, link? There was, uh, there was a video put out um, uh, uh, just recently where I guess one of the developers or whatever, they're talking about the roadmap being that some of the big financial in institutions, some of them should be ready to start really sort of going main main net on some of these connectivity things sometime in 2026. So between 2025 and 26, you're going to see a lot of news. And if you notice, like out of the chain link channel, you're getting news out of them, like every three days or four days of some new. They've been great with the PR. It's been awesome. Yeah. They've been doing a great job on PR for damn sure. Like way better than anybody else in PR. Um, and what they've been doing, um, I haven't seen this good of a PR job in quite a while. Like I don't even recall something this good. So what they've been doing is the Chainlink um, account has been posting things about every single new integration with Chainlink, and they've been adding that to that Chainlink ecosystem website. So you have this gigantic list of NFT projects and DApps and whatever else you know incorporating it. That's really really great. So that's one of the reasons I'm super bullish. When I saw how good they were doing on their PR, because remember. The tops are about hype, right? It's not about utility. Chainlink goes to a trillion dollars, whatever. It's not worth a trillion dollars. It's like, it's just not. It's just hype pushes it there. So the question is like, what kind of hype patrol shill cartel does your coin have? And they have like a serious shill cartel basically in the in the form of the Chainlink channel, besides like the Link Marine crowd um, and that kind of thing. So and the and the other good thing is because Chainlink's not some random meme coin project the developments that they're doing, you can feel good about shilling because it's legit, right? Like that's the thing. So when you have really, really highly legitimate stuff that's worth shilling, that's a whole different ball game because then you can get on bank list and talk about it. You can get on TV and talk about it and all that shit, right? Whereas, you know, people aren't going to bring the founder of Pepe coin onto CNBC next week or whatever. It's not going to happen probably. So, you know, so the, the it's like max shillability max media saturation is possible with Chainlink. Is, and, and it is also possible that maybe it gets included in some type of ETF package of some kind, since the SEC has never sort of like been irritated by the Chainlink folks for some reason. <laughs> so it should be um, a lot of possible catalysts going forward. That brings us to the question of like, how long do you hold the thing? Do you hold it for years and you, you know, pray that you, know, you just ride it through the ups and downs? Do you attempt to trade it? Um, you know, so I've been kind of thinking about my thesis as we go. I don't think I'm going to fully understand what I'm going to do until I actually do it. <laughs> like, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of um, I guess finesse to that, as far as like when to sell. You know, do I buy back um, and at what price and whatnot? So we'll see. But it's a little complicated to explain. Okay, what does Link do? I can talk about Bitcoin at the Thanksgiving table and say it's a store of value, digital gold. I don't know the elevator pitch for Link. It doesn't get all technical. The elevator pitch now is basically it connects everything to everything. 
that's the pretty much the pitch. Um, if Bitcoin and is a store of value, buy it. if Bitcoin's a store yeah. of value, then Chainlink is the wiring that connects every blockchain and every traditional institution together into one big giant swimming pool. So, so it's the blockchain developers or the people handling, you know, the real world assets to crypto back and forth. Okay, BlackRock, you know, talks about everything's going to be tokenized. Not sure what that means, yep, but that's somehow this is going to be the it's going to be the oil or it's going to be the monetized HTTP of tokenizing. Yeah. Right? So the, the basic way to describe it would be to someone, imagine a gigantic. So imagine like a, a gigantic swimming pool under Manhattan and into that swimming pool, you dump in any asset you want. It could be the stock, a stock issuer can dump assets, gold backed stable coin, you know, gold backed coins, anything, anything tokenized dumps into a gigantic swimming pool. And any building that connects to that swimming pool or that sewer system can extract um, stocks or anything else from it uh, just simply by function of connecting to it. Um, similar to how when you cook your computer up the internet, you can visit any web page on the internet, right? Same idea. Like, except for financial instruments. That, that's the idea. So, like, connecting everything to everything and bringing every financial asset including real world assets you can imagine into a gigantic bucket of you know into one gigantic bucket any, if, any the, uh, can connect if the cost of it if the cost of one token goes to two hundred dollars does it get prohibitively no. expensive and they start no and the reason is because like the node networks can charge whatever they want ultimately in link tokens there's no like fixed price so let's say the links price is way higher you know, and they want to charge in dollar denominations. The beauty of Chainlink is it's also by a de facto, it's like the core of functionality is it's an Oracle network. So you can actually convert anything to anything at the Oracle price. So if you want to accept, let's say you have a service on the, the, in the system and you want to sell it for a dollar USD. What will happen in the background is whether you're paying Ethereum, whether you're paying with Link, whether you're paying with Cosmos tokens, doesn't matter what it is, it'll convert at the rate of $1 to link and then convert that to you know one dollar usd or whatever you want to accept as your payment and the person receiving the payment can essentially receive that in link but at a dollar value of link at that moment and even they can automate the conversion of that to whatever currency they want whether it's the euro or whatever you you know like whatever they want to convert it to so the beauty of chain link is it just truly just connects everything to everything it functions a universal gas token and you don't doesn't matter what asset you use Anybody can connect with literally anything. Pretty cool stuff. Okay, so the universal gas token. Yeah, think, that, I'm going to lose you here. Think about how you use a DEX right now, right? Have you, have you used DEXs before where you have like... I, I'm familiar. But yeah. you know how like some DEXs will you know pair with Ethereum, for example. So if you're on a you know, right. DEX and everything's paired with Ethereum, imagine everything in the CCIP ecosystem is paired with Link. And you know it almost makes DEXs irrelevant. It fundamentally makes DEXs to some extent like superfluous. Because you could technically build CCIP deep liquidity and DEXs on the layer on the layer beneath the blockchains so that you don't even have to have DEXs really. It's a big deal. Like assuming it's secure and it works and all that. But here's the thing. They have been basically working with Swift and DTCC for upwards of like two years to cater to TradFi. They have not been like their primary goal was not just to cater to blockchains. Um, although like a lot of the integrations that have come out so far have been with Ethereum, Avalanche, I think some Solana stuff, they've incorporated a lot of different chains. Um, but 
their initial goal, like in the background, has been working to connect TradFi. Because really, like having a bunch of blockchains that you trade a bunch of shit coins on, that can only go so far, right? Like, like you know, how many more layer ones do we need to trade other layer one tokens? Like, it's just like, a, it's just basically like just, you know, basically just shuffling around shit coins. But if you can bring in, you know, uh, commodities based trading assets, you can do Forex coins like Euro or various international coins. You can bring in, you know, real world assets of different types. Um, you know, when some of the stuff gets tokenized, real estate, things like that happen eventually. You can bring in, of course, stocks, tokenized stocks, but also keep track of who owns them, how much dividends they've received so you can pay your taxes. So to, to creating a system where you have essentially the replication of a brokerage um, style experience in crypto requires a lot of regulatory and KYC and a lot of like documentation, voting, for example, for, you know, when you own a stock, you vote for, um, you know, certain things like as a proxy, proxy votes and things. And then you have like, so all these different components uh, have to be incorporated when you tokenize a stock. So they've been working with the stock clearinghouse and SWIFT for banking for years now. I think it's as far back as 2020, if I'm not mistaken, some of these guys. So materializing an actual system that works required, one, the technology to exist. Um, crypto and Oracle systems have been battle tested for years now. So, you know, no one wants to issue these things and it doesn't work. Um, and it has to be a seamless onboarding experience for institutions. Because institutions aren't going to go and read the fucking Cosmos IBC, um, docu you know, shit documentation. So, like, the, you know, you have to have a really, really good onboarding experience. And Chainlink's done a good job with that as far as um, if you go to their developer page, like, they've done a beautiful job. You guys check it out if you haven't seen it. You can go on there and you can, like, see what kind of, you know, code you have to put into your blockchain what what you know and it's step by step by step so that someone who doesn't know what they're doing can walk in and start learning what's going on it's pretty nice um some people have said it's one of the best onboarding experiences for a protocol they've ever seen as far as um like if you have a blockchain and you want to incorporate this into your thing it's pretty impressive so very very clean websites all of their um like content sites have been built beautifully as well. So they've been spending, if they've been burning, if they've been selling some link, <laughs> like, you know, how communities or teams, they sell some of their coins or whatever to fund operations. And sometimes you're like, wait, is that guy just buying Lambos or whatever? Um, clearly this is not a team that's just buying Lambos and stuff. They have clearly used that money to develop. So as an investor, is it okay for me if Chainlink sells some of the Chainlink tokens to fund credible um Endeavor, sure. If they're doing a great job in building the world's financial system, yeah, fuck it. I'll I'll have some of my money go to that. <laughs> Maybe my coin doesn't go up in value immediately, but later on, if you know all you know all the world's assets start pouring through CCIP, well, then that's a gamble. Of course, it's not. There's no guarantee that'll happen. But then your coin price is going to do a you know gigascend. So Chainlink's theoretical destination is bigger than Ethereum in terms of actual real world application um, at this point so even ethereum like they're having problems we have like polygon we have optimism we have arbitrum um optimism and arbitrum fees have shot up when when traffic goes up <laughs> so they're not very scalable um so you know the problem is like blockchains if you try to do everything on blockchains execution scalability speed they all come into constraints i mean hell solana just got stopped out like 
literally the chain stopped what this last month. You know, you can't run the world's financial system on that where periodically the thing stops running. It's just not feasible. So they got the speed part maybe, but they didn't get the uptime perfect. Um, so yeah, all of these are very difficult things to build. And um, Chainlink's node networks are interesting because let's say one network doesn't work for some reason. Let's say there's a bug that happens on, you know, McDonald's has a, you know, node network for some reason for their, you know, customer like retention, you know, points or some shit. Like, I don't know. I'm just making something up like American airlines or somebody has a frequent flyer miles. If the thing doesn't work for a little while, it's not a big deal because it's not mission critical. Nobody's going to die if it goes down for a little bit and their node network for some reason goes down because they introduce a bug. It doesn't break the entire chain link system. Um, every single one of these systems is on a separate network. It's not, they're not even the same like computer system. It's not the same blockchain. There's no blockchain actually. So like, it's a very different way of thinking. Like what you think of with this is a bit more akin to a, like a multi-computer redundant database more than it is like a blockchain and how big that database needs to be and how many computers and how much decentralization and redundancy is needed. It depends on the application. If you're running all the world's stock markets on it, you may have to have thousands of nodes running at the same time and providing tremendous redundancy. If it's, you know, your little Mickey Mouse business or whatever, maybe you need one computer to run on there. So it depends on the what you're trying to achieve, what kind of uptime you need, all of that is very, very like customizable per whichever um, application you want to put on there. And that's that's really the nice thing. So it, you don't want to think of Chainlink as a blockchain. Um, if blockchains do well, Chainlink does well because you know blockchains are a great place to, you know, on their ledgers to put down transactions of whatever the hell you're doing. Um, but if all of the blockchains do well, Chainlink automatically does well. And here's the thing, if blockchains don't do that well, it doesn't matter because um, even if existing blockchains today don't do well, if Swift and DCCC are connected to Chainlink, well, you know, they can, Chainlink's token has benefit even if the rest of the blockchain world doesn't grow for some reason um, because, because the Chainlink system is meant to replace or augment um, some of the existing um, trad TradFi services and improve the speed and scalability of those. So just interesting stuff there as far as like, their ambition's very high. Now you can be like bullish as you want, but the reality is the, 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 all of this is vaporware until it's implemented. And CCIP was vaporware until recently. Now it's being implemented in lots of different protocols. Um, it's in various levels of, you know, test net and such now. Um, it's going to go mainnet fairly quickly. And then beyond that, it's like, uh, uh, you know, beyond that, it's like how many other companies come and, you know, want to tokenize assets? Um, how many other protocols want to bake it into their integrations? Um, you know, there's like one or two a week, you know, showing up new integrations with it. So I think like um, it is an immediate concern for, blockchains. So if you have a chain, um, Tank is here, he's with Juno, um, or you have a Kajira or whatever, the thing is like, if your chain doesn't seem to have that much attention right now, and it doesn't appear there's enough like different assets to trade, there's not enough liquidity, you solve a lot of problems by connecting to CCIP. 
right? You differentiate your chain immediately. Um, something like a Juno that has DAO DAO on it, which is a DAO tooling software. Imagine DAOs who could have stocks eventually um, as part of their asset pools or something like that, right? Like that'd be very interesting. So I think chains that early on incorporate CCIP get into sort of like a nice experimental space where um, you can attract a lot of liquidity and this liquidity is not fragmented out the wazoo like it is in Cosmos. So um, even if you're a Cosmos chain, you don't necessarily have to focus on IBC as your core thing because the thing is like that's going to become a crowded space. Like layer ones with various connections to DEXs and you know, 90 shit coins and 6 million um, uh, like you know meme coins is like how many of those are people going to really legitimately trade that becomes a race to the bottom it becomes a liquidity fragmentation it becomes an attention fragmentation and eventually you need to have like compete in the space of like tradable goods because what are what like the number one reason why people you know carry their crypto coins is what one is number go up and the second thing they do is trade other coins that number might go up that's like really literally the whole point of crypto 99 percent of crypto right now is just trading between each other right Let's just be fair. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, real world assets changes that paradigm a bit. And if you don't start integrating with the companies that are going to bring those real world assets in, and if your blockchain doesn't actually incorporate RWAs of some kind directly, which is very difficult, by the way, like who is more likely to, to incorporate the, I don't know, like real estate information into nfts or into like um you know tokenized assets um is it more likely to be chain link or is it more likely to be the geno community like who's going to you know bring in you know title companies from america into the blockchain like come on get out of here like you that stuff takes serious scale and it has to be done like it, like to incorporate the needs of that industry it's a gigantic development task it's not something that like a half dozen people are probably going to do really well um, nor are going to have the reach or the political reach or whatever. So once you get to really, really large scale finance, you're talking about you get into politics, you get into power games, you get into all sorts of issues. So I think judging by what Chainlink's doing, my thought is, okay, they um, seem to be sort of like the monopoly in town. Uh, typically in tech, you always pick up some of a monopoly. Like you own some exposure in a monopoly because the they just have like a, you know, well duh, like because they're going to go up in value, um, and then like and they have first mover advantage and all of that too. Um, and then the more things that connect to it, the less likely someone else is going to win. Um, and it, you know, this is the same thing as like I don't know the HDMI cable on the back of your TV. Those HDMI cables we've been using since composite video for the past, what, probably close to 20 years. Um, and still someone hasn't switched cables from HDMI on the back of your TV just yet, right? So once those things get cemented, they usually will stay for a couple of generations or more um, until eventually someone disrupts them or whatever. Um, you you love to use HDMI cables as a fucking example. It's a good, it's a good analogy, I, I think... you know. It's like people get it. Right. At like, least three per space. I don't, I've never, if it's not HDMI, it's uh, computer VGA cables or the DVI-E, DVI-D, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm sitting there going, he's yeah. really obsessed with these wires. I'm starting to think uh, there's, a, there's a fetish going on there. So. Well, it's like for people that don't know finance and computing, right? It's like some sort of analogy that people understand. 
Yeah. No, fair enough. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, just, it's an interesting uh, go-to constantly. That's all. Since, since no, not complaining. Or you, could, or you could argue it's also the same as like the outlet for your, your vacuum cleaner. Like, you know, once it's standardized, your country's not going to change your outlets very easily, right? Same idea. Um, so yeah, Chainlink is the first mover advantage and it creates the infrastructure and everyone connects to it, then the odds that another competitor can beat that become less and less over time. And you could have two parallel networks in theory, but like then let's say you're DTCC, uh, you are Swift. What are you going to like start issuing to two different systems? Um, like there's no real technical advantage to doing that really. And if the cost of the system is low, the, the cost and the, 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 like, if whatever that system is, that particular group can control the cost, meaning we want to charge this much per transaction. We don't want to do what Chainlink says needs to be the per transaction amount. If they have full control, like, of course they're going to do it. They're going to use your system because, right, it'd be like if someone come to your house and tell you which TV you're allowed to put your HDMI cable in, which one you're not then you're going to be upset about it. Companies the same way. They don't want to be told what to do with their assets, with their digital assets or their computing systems. So that's kind of how I think about them. Um, like they, you, you have to build something for them that one, they, they might've could have built for themselves, but it doesn't make sense because it takes many, many years to do. Um, two, you need to make it so that like it's saves them money or gives them advantage. And in this case, it would be like faster transaction times than the traditional world has for settlements. Um, you have to give them some advantage. Otherwise, like, why are they going to switch to your thing? Like, why are they going to change technologies? So, um, and, you know, when Swift and DTCC were built, you know, they were built on the technology of the day. Like, a lot of the American treasury systems still run on Cobalt, you know, which is old programming language. Um, which almost nobody knows how to program in now. So, um, so these things tend to stick around for truly generations once they start getting implemented. So, is Chainlink going to be the next hundred years of, you know, connectivity to these things? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But that's the theory. Is if it is, then your coin goes up. It probably has value. If it's not, well, maybe your coin goes to zero. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but so far they've been doing a good job. Um, I think uh, Kareem was trying to come on as something, maybe. Yeah, but uh, market's looking good. Um, I think now it's just a matter of waiting. Um, I suspect most alts are going to be higher than they are now, about a week from now. Whatever that, <laughs> whatever that looks like in terms of velocity. Kareem, what are you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Steffi? Sorry, spaces was just being so buggy, but um, I just got off yeah. of my own space with the Arbitrum protocol. Um, yeah, what did really they say? Cool. Yeah, I know. It's just dope. Um, I think they're really good at highlighting, um, like highlighting projects that build on their uh, blockchain or their L2. And I'm like wondering if Link has that kind of similar community building. Um, oh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty extensive. But remember, um, Link is not really um, a trading platform or whatever. So it tends to add new blockchain. So Arbitrum, for example, has incorporated CCIP from Chainlink. So I don't know if they mentioned that, but it'd be interesting to see like what that implies to Arbitrum. So next time you're on a spaces with them, try to get on and see what that means for them as far as like 
you know, are they using it for something yet? Or when it goes live, like what kind of assets do they foresee, you know, trading in that ecosystem? Like, what does it mean to the ecosystem? And like, because obviously they, they bothered to implement it for some reason. So there must be something. Well, um, did any other L2s do it or, or is like Polygon, like, because there's Arbitrum, the Polygon, Optimism. Okay. Those three did. And then there are various protocols on Avalanche, Binance Smart Chain, Solana. Um, there's GMX, which is on, um, I'm just trying to remember some names people know. Now, there's plenty of different things, but there, remember, Chainlink has a variety of capabilities. A lot of gaming sites use it because it has um, verifiable randomness, for example. Um, so yeah, it, it's got a, so if you go to the chainlinkecosystem.com, which is pretty cool, it, you can divide it up into like, okay, who's actually using CCIP, who's using VRF, who's using, um, I don't know, like Oracle price feeds, all of that shit. Um, someone made a really nice chart actually about Chainlink, uh, where they showed the price chart, but they also put a timeline where they, where they showed, I should have saved that picture. He did a good, great job of. And it's almost like a timeline of what products they developed and released at one time. So like the earlier product was um, VRF was actually one of the first ones, actually, even before price feeds. I didn't know that. So VRF came out, then price feeds, and then one by one adding things. And price goes up, price goes down, but it has no relationship to when the products are released. It's just simply like, you know, speculative bull market vibe price movements, essentially. But they just kept on building all the way through um, more and more added things. So I think they're reaching a you know they're going to reach a threshold where um, the 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 world sees the the coin or maybe the whatever undervalued relative to the rest of the stuff, and it just takes a certain amount of like eyes being opened, a certain number of implementations. But yeah, if you have like hundreds, if not you know thousands of different things, I think we have hundreds of things connecting to Chainlink's product now already. Uh, but thousands, once you get into the um, you know, multiple thousands or tens of thousands of things connected, then like everyone will have heard of Chainlink at that point, all the developers, whatever. Um, it's like, you really can't be in the, I think today it's almost like irresponsible to be in the crypto space and not know what CCIP does. Cause if you're in that position, then you have no idea how to make your chain competitive. Cause that's, that's going to be the benchmark, I think for interoperability and for bringing in, um, lots of different assets into with deep liquidity. So like that's going to be your competitor, whether you like it or not. And that's what I think, you know, we were talking, we, we were posting to Jacob Gadikian, who's uh, one of the Cosmos uh, sort of like maintenance devs, so to speak. And, and I was like, and he was kind of touting the benefits of, or someone was mentioning the benefits of Cosmos IBC and that it's battle tested. It hasn't been hacked or, broken thus far and they were asking you know and i said well they like the competitor is going to be ccip i'm like i don't know the fucking technical details and obviously safety and security are important but um and hopefully they are good for ccip but if you look at the the like what it does in a nutshell it's it does it much much better than cosmos ibc so you know you have like one centralized pool of liquidity as opposed to a train track between every building in manhattan Right. Like the difference is imagine like if um, what's a good analogy to this? Um, yeah. So let's say you had like um, 
water pipes between every single building in Manhattan under the, uh, you know, under the ground. And each, each pipe could only go to one building in the system, right? And you can't travel from one building to the next and that building to the next. You can't bridge twice, which is a fucked up thing. Because if you do, it doesn't work with IBC. So you literally have to have a line drawn between every single building in Manhattan in order to communicate with all of those things, right? The difference here is you have a pipe that goes into the ground. You have a gigantic sea of water underneath Manhattan. And you can swim, you know, into that sea and then out into another building. And the only thing you have to do is run a pipe from your building into that pool of water under the ground. That's all you have to do. And you have access to all the assets in the CCIP ecosystem. That's what the value case here is. That's, that's really what it is. And I, I think, like, nobody's doing that. No, nobody else has done that uh, that I know of. So, yeah, if people have, like, some, you know, if Pith Network or anybody else is doing something similar, I'm all ears, um, certainly. But, um, like, Pith is playing the Oracle game for sure. So they're a competitor in that space. I don't know. I have to research them further. But I don't know that they're doing anything near what, as far-reaching as what Chainlink has been doing the last five years. So anyway, but that's another that's another one that gets like mentioned uh, in the same breath as Chainlink lately. It's PYTH Pith. I think it's called Pith or Pyth. I'm not sure who say it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, always worth looking what the competition is doing though, because um, that way you can like you should always be able to. Um, uh, at the end of the day, like you should always be able to define uh, the differences between the competition and the space. Um, so that's a good thing, but anyway, um, and it's performed well. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, market cap smaller, so it tends to move in bigger multiples. I don't think it's necessary. I don't know if it's necessarily the safer bet or the better long-term bet. That's a, that's hard to say for sure. Cause remember one of the things that happens is, is if most chains feel like they have to incorporate CCIP, because they're the ones that are bringing all the assets, there is no reason for them to also incorporate Pith. So it's like, why would you have two different things in your system? At that point, you probably would not. So it'd be like if an institution is in putting both Macs and PCs in their employees' hands, it doesn't really make sense from an enterprise perspective. Anyway, um, yep, not too much, else, too, too much else going on. Hopefully we've... Did I just hear your wife in the background call you Sefi? No, that was uh, something that works for me. Yeah, that was your wife. No, it wasn't. Um. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we'll change the subject. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, in either case, um, yep, nothing else to add today. I think like everything's looking really, really sharp. Um, Charts are looking pretty. Bitcoin's looking pretty. What else is there to say? Wait, for, for, Sethi, for for I don't get paid till Friday. Is that enough? And I want to just use that paycheck to buy shit, or is Friday too late? Mm, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It could be. Could be. Um, a lot of this stuff looks like it's get like it could run immediately. Mm, never can really tell, of course, but like. Um, there are stuff running already, like Neutron's pumped ten percent today. It's getting ready to break. It's getting ready to break its prior high here in a little bit. For example, um, 
so there's definitely stuff running already. Doge is already, it popped 7% today. Um, so it's probably getting close to a run, I would think. Um, yeah, the higher BTC, the higher BTC goes, the way to think about it is it's like moths to a flame. And more people are talking about it on CNBC. More people are talking about it in their, you know, you know, you know, amongst their friends. And what happens is viral, virality goes exponential here anytime, like soon. And then when once that happens, everything just moons, right? Like, like you'll get these god candles happening as everybody just starts buying all at once. So I think we're very close. That's a good point. If people are getting paid on Friday, that may be a, you know, people are waiting to sort of dump money in on Friday. Possibly, I'm gonna front you on your ass, Kareem. I bought all my shit already. <laughs> Hey, Sophie, I just thinking, just, you know, you can see the Bitcoin pump like 50,000. Last time Bitcoin pumped 50,000, that time altcoin market was not that low. But this time you can see this altcoin don't have that much of liquidity. And when you can see, while you can see the Bitcoin and Ethereum, is Ethereum is like 2.7 and Bitcoin is 50K, but still altcoin, many altcoins like over 50% down from their all time oh, high. Yeah. So, run, in other words. So, do you think when the liquidity flow from the Bitcoin to altcoins? Um, I don't I know mean, if it's going to flow too. Sometimes it's the leverage that pumps everything else. Uh, um, but yeah, there's various levels of delay. Basically, total three has had one impulse move so far. That's it. Um, so that's all you have to look at on trading view, go to total three and you'll see like, okay, we've had basically one pump. That's it. Um, usually if you go back historically and you see that very first sort of like immediate pump going into the bull market, I would say we are now at August, 2020 sort of look to the chart or maybe like, mm, look at like, look at the February, 2020. And if you subtract the COVID dump, that's pretty much where we are. So going through this year and going into early next year um, is usually sort of like straight up season. And you're going to go reprice, fundamentally reprice everything. The question is, how high is total three going to go? The previous peak of total three, which is all of the altcoins minus Ethereum, was $1.1 trillion last time. It's pretty high, right? Like just that's without Ethereum. It was, it was that's the rest of the coins put together. So when if this like if these market caps go to let's say this time one point five trillion or even higher two point five trillion to these extra fib extensions, like this is a long way to go. Basically, like everything is gonna like every little micro cap is gonna moon to levels that you couldn't possibly imagine right now. Like later on, you're like, holy fucking shit, what happened? <laughs> like, because look at the look at the drawdown. So all total three back in um uh back in 2020 in February before the COVID crash was 84 billion. It did a over a 10x to 1.1 trillion uh at the top. This is total three, the altcoin space, right? So a, a good solid 10x of the entire space. Um, so yeah. some of those big ones were like Cardano and Dogecoin, right? There's certain coins that really was a big part of that, but everything pumped a lot. Like we're talking like every random coin did 20 X's, like even complete junk tokens. So 
Yeah, right now everyone's in disbelief still. They're like, "Oh, I can't I can't imagine Zephyr going to $1400 or something like this." But just hold on to your seats, man. Like you'd be surprised how high these things can go, especially the ones that haven't run as much. Yes, you can see the Matic, the Polygon. Polygon on the in the bear markets and that time Polygon crossed $1 marks. And Polygon is still on 0.85 or 0.86 from last six or seven months. So do you, what is happening with this Polygon? You know, it's a very big project, but still didn't get the run. You know? mm, yeah, a lot of the coins from last season did not move very much. Um, Polygon, um, Optimism, Arbitrums moved some. They haven't been done too badly. Um, what else? Um, like Adam has not moved much at all. Dogecoin, Litecoin, all these old coins did not move very much. Most of the existing community was looking for new, new, uh, cheap coins to buy and have those pump. That's what the game has been so far. So I don't know. I'm not really sure why something has run or not, but I think everything will pick up. Like if you go to like, let's say you go to two trillion market cap for the total three, um, that will not be distributed evenly. So some stuff that hasn't already like. Some stuff that's already high priced, like say for example, um, Chug's favorite XRP, it's relatively high priced. It's like 30 billion market cap. So if it does a 2X, right? Like let's say the total three um, does a 2X and it goes to 2 trillion market cap from the previous high. Then, you know, is it rational for XRP to do a 2X or a 3X? Sure, it's possible. Um, on the other hand, if like you, the, the total three right now is at about 530 million market cap, if you, you know, if you're getting coins that are like Link, which are like more correlated with Total Three, um, and they're smaller market caps, you might see it do, um, you know, who knows? Like it might do, a, you know, a five or ten x or twenty x in that time scale. So what you're going to find is not all of the coins are going to get the beneficiary of that pump. Some things are going to move much more than others, and everybody knows smaller market cap stuff moves more. So if you're in it for the gains, it's going to be smaller market cap higher risk if you're in it for stability or you don't want your bag to go to zero you're going to go higher up the market cap ranks and pick something that is um, safer so to speak that's what i've been yes. saying I, like yes. in, in the um, coins that have not run up big time that have fundamentally high level of safety who still have a gigantic upside and you don't mind being a bag holder of it in a bear market that's chain link like it's the it's the right yes. mix my, I, of I, risk I, benefit ratio in my opinion Yes, I I have a question related to Chainlink and politics. Like you know, uh, today we see the interview, like you know, the, the, your Gary Gary Gensler, and uh, he says something about this, the blockchain oracles. No, not only oracles and the oracle systems, and that indirectly he just want to mention something about the chain links or something like that. You know, and we You're all know he did or he in part. Yes. Yes, he, 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 we all know in past he shield many tokens like he still Algorand, Algorand token. He is a very good. He talked about Algorand before he Algorand. was SEC though. That was when he was an MIT professor. Yes, he 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 is. That's because he, Algorand, he's a Algorand dude is from MIT as well. That's why he talked about it. Yes, and do you think these SEC things just they didn't? Actually, they didn't buy the Bitcoin or they, they just lost the 
bus you know they just lost the bus and they didn't catch up the bitcoin at low price so this is why they just shill ra- random technology like once they have shill algorithm no, I don't think now they are shilling they're just yeah. Yeah. All right. so bikram no what he's doing is yes. he's shilling his friends projects he's selling he's shilling projects he's likely got bags in and everything like that it's it's just what people do. I mean, look, American politics in a nutshell. The, the, with Gary Gensler's behavior, I don't think he's has bags in anything. I think he's doesn't know what he's doing. No, I, he, like, he, I can't he, even he, imagine he, him he, giving a lecture about anything in MIT about anything. I haven't heard a word come out of his mouth about crypto dude, that has any every, relationship to like any kind of significant crypto knowledge. Like even just he was on CNBC he, or something like the other day. Like someone posted it. And like he couldn't even elucidate in three words what the use case of Bitcoin is. Like, like he just talks about it as he said no, it was. An, no, he no. said it was an, a ledger very similar to an, like a da- Oracle database. I'm like, what? That's the best you could do after all these years in crypto? Are you a moron? Now, like Gary Gensler is no. clearly not that bright. Like you can tell just by listening to him, he's just not smart. Yes, this is right, but yeah, how he got to MIT? But you know the point- anybody's fucking guess. Yes, but you know the politicians are the which are perfecting you know the agenda creations, and they create an agenda and they play some kind of roles, negative and positive. Yeah, some kind of at, they he's not play. Good at that either. Like if 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 you gave me an yes. agenda, I could brainwash all of you into it. Like that's not him either. He's just an idiot. Like, like yes, it'd be one but, thing if he's a good psyop. He's not that either. <laughs> maybe like, maybe he holds. He's a puppet. Large amount. He's a puppet, Bikram. It's the only way. It, it's the only thing that makes sense. He's he's a puppet. Uh, but not, you know, I don't that. believe like, he's these a positions puppet. are basically um, like so. Yeah, they have only so many people they can pick from to put in these types of positions, you know. And like, what in the world does Gary Gensler have an experience running a, you know, executive branch of the government and actually? dealing with legal cases not much so you take some guy who has some sort of academic knowledge about securities or whatever and maybe has a little bit of understanding about you know crypto a little bit so he gave a couple of talks at mit or whatnot you know and so like you know they had to stick him in there but does that mean he's going to be a great um you know sort of like regulator or have know the nuances of this stuff um, I'm not so sure about that. He, like, he doesn't even want the job, Zephy. He wants to be treasurer. It's so painfully probably. fucking obvious, and that's probably. all he wants. Like, that's why he's playing ball. Otherwise, he'd have probably told fucking Warren and like, what the fuck are you talking about when she talks about the terrorism being funded by Bitcoin? It like <laughs> Elizabeth Warren's another imbecile. She doesn't understand anything about how the world works. It's obvious just by listening to her speak. Um, it's like she's no, she has no like fundamental. Most of these folks are the same way. Um, yeah. What's her name? Um, you listen to Kamala Harris. Do you think she's like a expert? You on really horses? don't like Kamala Harris. You, you no, really just like or Biden. Look at the last the history of Biden over the course of his career. Listen to listen to him speak yeah. about anything. Does he does he exude any sort of like intellect? No, he does not. Like he comes off as an obvious like you know, charlatan the minute he opens his mouth. Like, it's, it's obvious with these people. It's like, you like, if you ever listen to experts speak about anything, like, they will not speak on something they don't understand. Like, if I say, I don't know the answer to something, I'm like, fuck it, I have no idea what the answer to that is. Or, like, they'll say, you know, you know I'm going to go research that. And then when they come back, they actually know something new that they didn't know before. 
this is not how these people talk. They have no intellectual curiosity, and they're not even great politicians, quite frankly. Like, they're not inspiring or anything. Uh, Warren's, you know, part of it is like the way these elections work. You become an incumbent, you just stay there forever. Um, and they just don't know what they're doing. And like, the other thing, too, is like the technological world keeps advancing, whether it's AI, whether it's crypto, whatever. Um, you know, but, and you know, these people have like they didn't understand it before it got to this stage. They certainly don't understand these technologies now. But you know, in my defense, I can say something like there is no relation between a Bitcoin and an Oracle. And like that way, he he just bring Oracle topic in the decentralization topic, you know, and like payment related yeah, topic. Why, and that was he, not that's why a he, you know he's an idiot. He can't even come up with an analogy because he's trying to create an analogy that yeah. CNBC dorks would understand. Um, the fact that the CNBC people, some of those people that have been sitting on that desk for years and years, haven't even bothered to figure out what BTC is yet, um, tells you how idiotic the financial news people are. Do not ever buy or sell so, stocks based on what they say. They don't know anything. So it's like in so you know, it's a very similar things happen in India also. Our politicians don't even know what is crypto. They just know Bitcoin. They can't even spell crypto. They just say Bitcoin. Yeah, Indian politicians <laughs> Everything is Bitcoin. morons too. I've spoken to plenty of them. They don't know what they're doing either. Yeah, the, the problem is they the technological world is being sort of like common, you know, you're basically talking about lay people politicians for the most part who really don't know the technical ramifications or the societal ramifications of what they're looking at and they're really really late to the game it's like and part of it you could argue is like maybe intellectual laziness yeah sure all of us are intellectual lazy about something we don't all know everything that's not the case but you know for some of the biggest ideas you know you know, if, like if you were going to become president of the United States, would you learn a little bit of something about maybe the status of fusion technology, maybe about the status of, I don't know, just like have someone teach you something for a few days about, you know, where, what the status of the different types of technologies in the world are and, you know, what kind of, you know, where the world is going and create a vision for the world. Sure. But if you listen to these people speak, they have no idea what they're doing. Like none whatsoever. Like robotics is a gigantic emerging industry. How often have you heard American politicians, president or otherwise, say something about it? Nothing. Crickets. You know why? Because they're morons. Why do you, like AI is a really big thing. They, you know, have they thought about the implications of what it means for society or whatever? No, they haven't thought of anything. Uh, again, you know, completely clueless and just basically taking the largest country in the world with like, you know, all of these, <laughs> all of these technologies coming out and making us uncompetitive in all of them without having any kind of like political will or theory about how to, you know, maybe drive the country in a certain direction, no vision, you know, nothing. It's just embarrassing, honestly. And this is true in India. It's true but, in America. I respect your politicians like, you know, the Federalism Chairman Jerome Powell. I like that guy, you know. He's not that bad. Yeah, and he is good. really... Yeah, he has cool. some sense about what what's going on. Like he doesn't have a solution as a Fed chairman of what to do about all of it. Yeah. He doesn't control spending and all of that stuff. So he he only has a few things he can actually do. But he does speak very well. He understands the nature of what at least his field that he's talking. No, you have to give him a credit, bro. You have to give him a credit because your inflation was eight point five percent at that time, and he just pulled down it through three point one percent. 
and he reduced 5% inflation. They also, they also in the let the money States. printer go too long, though. So <laughs> they're always too late. So they should have brought, infl- they should oh, have brought the interest rates up probably the previous year. Like, they, they just made it because of you know, you, you, you guys printed last year $1.5 trillion or something like that. Otherwise, yeah, so at this time, inflation will be under two point, under under two, and because of U.S. politicians spend too much money on the on this war and other things, yeah. social welfare yeah, and well, others. Whatever, yeah. I tried to pay attention to all that stuff, but I just look at it at a typical level for crypto. Um, the the political class doesn't know whether it's India, whether it's America. They don't understand how to use cryptocurrencies or anything else, the technology to the country's advantage, right? Like there's a technology here, like probably can benefit our society somewhere. What are the good parts of it? What are the bad parts? And what are we going to implement? What are we going to promote, um, et cetera? Instead, like you have, you know, a decade of like silly regulations that don't make any sense. You have just a lot of wasted time. And, you know, the political class is just not that bright. It's that's just general rule. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There is no point in, in any, everywhere in this world, you, you cannot find a single politician class uh, intellectual. <laughs> to be, to be but, fair, you know, I mean, to be fair, think about it. This guy, Gary Gensler, I mean, he was giving talks apparently about crypto um, at MIT. And you can't explain what Bitcoin is to a CNBC audience in a couple of sentences. Come on. Like, you know, it's like, you know, how silly do you have to be of a person not to know that by now? What was he doing that whole time? What did he say in his MIT lecture? What, what, what was the point of it then exactly? It, I don't know. It's just silly stuff. Yes, this is why I, I, I think he's playing some kind of character, negative character or something like that. And he holds some kind of big bunch of chain links or algorithms. And didn't hold BTC. That's why he had to. I don't think, say I don't think bad he holds anything because I don't think he didn't want to have a conflict of interest. Now he could have a bag hiding somewhere, but I don't think so. Um, so th- with those positions, if you hold certain things, um, they're gonna people are gonna look at you negatively, right? So there's it doesn't help him. For him, it's just about like the status. If he makes it to treasury secretary or whatever, right? It's a status thing, you, you know. If you if you make it to those levels in in life. How much money you made is not the end goal for a lot of people. It's like if they can get to certain status. Oh, I became the president. I became the whatever. It's not money. It's not the only thing people want. Power and status is sort of a you know, thing people strive for. Anyway, um, yeah, it's like it was interesting. It was interesting listening to him speak, though, because I had suspected he was clueless. But then when you hear him speak you realize he's even more clueless. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, um, anyway. All right. Um, anyway, hopefully everyone have fun. I think I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go do some other things today. Some Valentine stuff and whatever else. I'll catch you guys, okay? Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. 
what could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days got them acting all bankless. Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting honest, and then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity. Before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt we rape him under the earth, say and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Tim Spaces. <laughs>